Back with you, Tiger fans, for another week of play-by-play, the busy activity of LSU Athletics. That's Kent Lowe and uh, my job each and every uh, early part of the week. It's all presented by our friends at The Advocate. Again, uh, with the illustrious Kent Lowe, happy to have you in here. And uh, Kent... uh, Wasn't in the picture there, you know, a little slow on the punching there. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. All right. We're still (laughs) still getting everything uh, worked out here in these uh, spectacular gold studios. Um, but we are headed towards Christmas break. Uh, yes, we are. Still uh, talking basketball as uh, both men and women's get ready to go into SEC play. And I thought today we'd really start with women's basketball. They had a great trip, uh, as you would imagine, to Maui. Uh, the business part of that trip worked out well for Coach Mulkey and company. They pick up two wins. Again, dominant wins as we've uh, gotten accustomed to with this team over Montana State and then on Sunday night over Oregon State, but you got to talk about Angel Reese. I think a lot of us knew that when she transferred into the program, she was going to be a great addition. Now, maybe Coach Mulkey and the coaching staff, I'm sure they knew more than we did, but the impact that she has had and the play that she has performed up to this point, they've played 12 games. She's had 12 double-doubles. She was uh, named on Monday as ESPN's National Player of the Week. Another spectacular weekend for her. She certainly looked like she took to the islands pretty well. Angel Reese is about as dominant a player as you'll find in college basketball, Kent. And finally getting some national pub with this National Player of the Week honor. Uh, Maybe a little under the radar in some aspects just because of LSU hasn't played the nationally televised game yet, but I mean, it's all about to come to fruition for her and this team as they begin SEC play. And earlier Monday, they were moved up to number 10 in the AP poll. One of, what is it, 12, I think, uh, undefeated teams in, in women's college basketball. And, uh, Certainly now a little Christmas break, and I know Coach Mokey would probably just like to keep playing the way this team is uh, answering the call each and every night uh, before this little break, but I know she'll have them ready to go to Fayetteville on the 29th. Yeah, they're going to start SEC play. As we mentioned, they hit the Christmas break, and then uh, we'll open up conference play on the road against Arkansas, and then the SEC home opener will be against Vanderbilt. That comes your way on New Year's Day. So a little bit of a break, and then here comes the SEC schedule. We'll all get on it, and it will come fast and furious. Yeah. But these numbers, again, I can't go without – you know, I looked these up today for Angel Reese. Uh, as I mentioned, she's played 12 games for the Tigers. She's had 12 double-doubles. She recorded earlier last week the 20th – 2020. That's 25 points and 20 rebounds in a single game, by the way, and also surpassed uh, 1,000 career points with the win over Oregon State on uh, Sunday night in Hawaii. So congratulations and hope uh, and pretty much sure this is going to continue for Angel Reese. She's just that type of player. Uh, But again, LSU basketball will be back in action coming up uh, on the 29th on the road in Fayetteville. Now, men's basketball, I've kind of been saying this because you talked about LSU women's basketball maybe under the radar a little bit from a national standpoint. I think men's basketball the same. Again, they haven't had the big marquee matchups on the national networks as of yet. But this was a team that was totally rebuilt. 
three returning scholarship players. Everybody else is coming together, playing as a team under a new staff for the first time. And Matt McMahon and company, Ken, are quietly winning basketball games. They've won five in a row now after their one loss, which, again, was very controversial. I almost don't count that as a loss. It's almost as a game that just didn't exist. But uh, big win um, this past Saturday at home. And stay undefeated at home, by the way. That's something also to uh, tip your cap to. Uh, And they also will uh, have a game this coming week before they hit the Christmas break. They'll host East Tennessee State coming up Wednesday inside the Mary Bits uh, Center at 7 o'clock. Then a couple of days off, the Christmas holiday, and then it is the SEC home opener against a good Arkansas team coming in on the 28th. Didn't you think, uh, Chris, that Winthrop game took a little bit of an interesting turn in the second half? I mean, it got very offensive, and not ugly offensive, (laughs) good offensive. Both teams shot well in the second half. LSU shot 67% in the last 20 minutes. They were like 21 to 31 they were down one at the half and a game that ended up with 17 lead changes, like eight or nine ties. But, I mean, I thought the second half was a very entertaining game to watch. And LSU, with some key buckets, they made six trays in the second half. Uh, some big plays all around from people like Cam Harris, who had 25. KJ had a, what you would say is a quiet 18. He got in foul trouble early, but then came out in the second half and had 16 points. And uh, someone like Trey Hannibal, who didn't score a lot, but had six assists and no turnovers. I thought there were a lot of positives from that game. And LSU was kind of in the second half able to do what I think Coach McMahon's been wanting to do several times this year is get the ball off the board and get out and run a little bit. And I think it resulted in some open looks, not only on the perimeter but down low, that really made this team a little bit of what we're going to see, hopefully, as we move forward. Yeah, I think one of the things Matt McMahon said when we talked to him after the game, he told John Brady and I, hey, look, if you love college basketball offense, this was your game. Yeah. Not so much defensively, which was his um, kind and uh, clever way to say he didn't think his team played particularly well for 40-game minutes on the defensive end. Uh, but they got some stops down the stretch to get the eight-point win, 89-81. to 81. You mentioned Cam Hayes, a career-high 25 points, and the emergence of Cam Hayes over the last three to four ball games has really been something to watch because I can think back to the early games this season. He was kind of a guy that came in maybe seventh or eighth yeah. off the bench, got yeah. a couple of minutes, and then back to the sidelines. And this team really plays differently, and Coach McMahon talked about it at length that there's just a maybe I don't know calming may not be the right word but they look more in sync when Cam's out there whether he's running the point or he's running off the basketball and again when you get 25 points also doled out assists played some pretty good defense at times and then the other observation that John Brady uh, who's so great at it told uh, everyone on the radio was it was a team win when you look at as you pointed out Trey Hannibal six assists no turnovers um, Kendall Coleman had to yeah. come in when KJ got into that early foul trouble and he pulled down seven rebounds. Uh, Derek Fountain didn't have a great night offensively, had eight points, but also had seven rebounds. He and uh, Kendall led the way on the glass. And then when they wanted to get KJ involved in the second half, I mean, Coach McMahon, you talk about drawing up X's and O's. It is fun to watch 
the design they have. They said, we got to get K.J. involved. Cam Hayes is having a good game. Adam Miller was slowly getting back into the groove. He finished with 14 points. But you got to have K.J. Williams. He's Mr. Consistency. And two points in the first half, had to sit, only played nine minutes. They drew up plays to get the ball to him and credit his teammates. They were – they just took advantage of of his skill set in the lane against Winthrop, and there was a stretch there where it was just K.J. Williams for the lay-in right at the rim. I think it became apparent to everybody, if you're watching the game, and certainly the coaches and players, getting the ball down low on the block to someone like K.J. or Derek was very important. It helped you either go the goal or pass out to a wide-open perimeter shot. And both of those things were working very well in the second half for LSU. Again, uh, they'll be back at home just before Christmas, coming up on Wednesday, um, the 21st. They'll take on East Tennessee State. They'll tip it off inside the Marybit Center at 7 o'clock. If you don't have tickets, uh, I invite you to come out. You can get them at lsutix.net. I think that's a very dangerous game, Chris, going into the holidays. East Tennessee State came in here what would be three years ago, 2019, and beat LSU by nine. They have a very deceiving four and eight record because if you look at their last four losses, which is their last four games, they have lost by a combined 10 points over those four games. And a guy threw in a 30-footer at the buzzer to beat them Saturday night when they played uh, UNC Asheville. So don't let that record fool you. It's that game before Christmas where everybody's thinking about what time's my flight out tomorrow? Who am I driving home with? You know, do I have all the Christmas presents packed for the family? (laughs) You know, it's all those things. And I've seen, you know, teams not react very well on these night before Christmas break games. So I know Coach McMahon's going to try to be working hard these couple of days to keep them focused. It's one more step forward heading into SEC play. Yeah, no question about it. All of those things you talk about, and, and again, Arkansas getting a lot of publicity. they got a solid team once again this year. Uh, and there's that tendency to want to look ahead to that first SEC game because so much emphasis is put on right. uh, every conference matchup. But uh, hope to see you out there at the Marriott Center coming up on Wednesday night. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about revenue generation, Kent. Our favorite thing, right? Revenue generation? Uh, my revenue doesn't generate much, I hate to tell you. Uh, well, we, we hope that we have revenue generation. I hope this guy can well, generate no, he can. Some. I was talking about you and I individually. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we've got Clay Harris, uh, Deputy AD for Revenue Generation here at LSU Athletics. Been on the job a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll find out what he's learned in that time and also where LSU is headed in so many different areas. So stay with us. Clay Harris will be our guest when we come back right here on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. Welcome back, everybody, here on this week's Play-by-Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. As we told you when we went to break, we were going to talk about revenue generation. And while it's very important that Kent and I personally improve our revenue generation, we're talking bigger picture here, LSU Athletics. And we're happy to have join us on the show Clay Harris, recently named Deputy AD for Revenue Generation at LSU Athletics. Happens to be my boss, Kent, in case you've figured out what I'm doing here. Uh, But 
but Clay, it's great to have you, man. Welcome back to LSU. Uh, we'll get into your background a little bit, but it's good to have you here on the team. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me today, and looking forward to getting into it with y'all and talking college sports and revenue generation and all that good stuff. And well, one day, being able to help you with your revenue as well. There we go. See, there you go, Kent. This is, this <laughs> I is feel the, better already. This is, <laughs> this is one of the fringe benefits of doing this show there we every go. Uh-huh. No, Clay, of course, many of you probably know in, uh, because you've heard about it or maybe even know him because he grew up here in Baton Rouge, uh, an LSU alum. Uh, and, and even though he's traveled around in the uh, sports marketing world, he's a highly regarded sports marketing professional, there's probably always been that uh, purple and gold, even though you've had to hide it uh, Monday through Friday in various stops. But uh, I know you're happy to be back here at your alma mater and the team and uh, the athletic department you love. Absolutely. The, the last four years at Texas A&M, I definitely had to hold that Ooh. purple and gold uh, <laughs> tight to my, my chest, but it, it's always been there. My love for this university and, and this school and athletic department and the people that are here and the authenticity that, that comes with this and the people that work here is, has fired me up so much. And I'm seven days into the job and couldn't be ex- more excited what I'm seeing right now from LSU Athletics and, and the path forward. You know, Clay, I mentioned that uh, you, you, you're highly regarded as a professional here in sports marketing. That's why LSU uh, is happy to have you lead. Um, you know, we'll talk about what revenue generation is. I know it kind of sounds self-explanatory, but there are a lot of layers to it. Uh, but I was thinking earlier today when we were coming in that, uh, you know, for LSU fans who are watching or listening, they're probably thinking to themselves, how, how tough it would be in Bryan College Station to be an LSU alum LSU fan, and then have to put on uh, what do they call it? Is it maroon, garnet? What 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 is the maroon and white? Maroon and white. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the professional that you are that you're able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So I had accepted the job at LSU um, right before the LSU A and M game no. in College Station. So I was in my maroon and white, accepted the job for LSU, and and it was a uh, it was a long night. It was a long <laughs> night with a lot of people tugging at me. Whole family was there from Baton Rouge and. It was my last game at a and I wish we would have gotten the, the W, but it was, a, it was a good night. Let's talk about revenue generation. Um, again, it's, it's what college athletics is. I mean, it's, we talk about student athletes, and, and ultimately our goal um, is, is to, to mold men and women into great uh, citizens of our society, great competitions, get them a degree, and obviously win championships. That's Absolutely. what LSU does. To do that, however – there's got to be some revenue involved. Yeah. Uh, these facilities don't build themselves. Right. Uh, these coaches that you're able to recruit, it, it all takes mm-hmm. revenue generation. But when you hear that term, what, what, what does that mean to you? What does it mean on your day-to-day work mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to be in charge of revenue generation Absolutely. at LSU? Absolutely. So you hit the nail on the head, first of all. The goal here is to provide the student-athletes with the best experience possible. And where I come in is to try to generate revenue for, for all different sides to try to give them the best experience when they're here on campus. And whether that's sponsorship and overseeing the sponsorship group or assisting with the NIL group and, and tailoring that team, um, I am kind of want to be that person that can help maintain that and grow that on a year-over-year basis. Um, the corporate sponsorship pool in the state of Louisiana and the entire southeast is something that um, LSU Athletics has done a really good job on the last several years. And my, my hope is to help catapult that along as we, as we go forward. But um, it's an ever-changing landscape, and it's with the arms race and facilities and college sports, and specifically the SEC, it's imperative that we continue to generate the revenue year over year and grow this thing. And that's what I'm going to try to do here going forward. Well, I think that's a key that you can't just sit still in this business anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we got this, we got that, and we're going to get that in the years ahead, but you can't just stay at that level. Mm -hmm. You got to keep moving up with all this stuff. Absolutely. You know, the, the key to, to victories at some point is getting some, some athletes in here and, and making sure they play at a high level. And a part of that is, is growing every year on the facility side. And Taft does a great job with, with uh, fundraising on that end. And that's kind of the name of the game now is, is making sure you're staying one, st one step ahead of the game. And, and um, you know, when recruits come in, they can see how beautiful your facilities are. And, you know, we've got the people part. Our people are great. We're, they're, they're very genuine people in Louisiana. And they are true to themselves. And we've got that. And we just got to keep building on the infrastructure and, and, and uh, athletic department we have here. You know, Clay, when Clay Harris, our guest this week, uh, Deputy AD for Revenue Generation at LSU Athletics, it's, you know, we come to games and we see, you know, uh, you know, signage, we see LED lights, mm -hmm. we, we hear announcements. We, there's all kinds of things that are involved to help uh, bring in revenue uh, for those who consume LSU sports, those who watch it wherever they may be across the country, those who come to games, mm -hmm. uh, those who listen on the radio. But it's almost as if we take for granted, well, there's going to be sponsorship and there's this and that. But And I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but I did think it was important to let people know how you kind of go about navigating that because there's a number of constituencies that are involved. It's not just simply, hey, I'm here. I want you to give me a sign. Go do it. Absolutely. That would be easy, but that's mm -hmm. not how it works. So, again, working within the athletic department, yeah. working with the coaches, each individual sport, and then your team – uh, with Playfly Sports, yeah. I mean, how, there's a lot of things you have it, to go it, through. It takes an army to get this thing done and, and move in the right way. And, and it's not just about the, the singular sponsorship group. And you said it earlier, it's about video, it's about marketing, it's about graphics, it's about radio teams, about creative, um, fine, even finance team getting involved with decisions and the facilities team. Um, it touches everybody in this department, and everybody has to be rowing in the right direction to get it done. And no, it's not as easy as just somebody calling and say, "Hey, I want to sign up in Tiger Stadium." You got to. That's go why we don't have a drive-through out exactly, here for people to come. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to go through processes and and financial commitments, and and the goal is to um, help leverage LSU athletics for that brand and and create you know more of a, a growth on their end, and then seeing ROI ROI out of this and using the LSU brand to leverage themselves and having that LSU logo next to a company is. So vitally important in this town, especially. And you said it; it just takes a lot of work, and there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of people that that touch this business. So it's it's fun, but it's a bit crazy sometimes. But um, at the end of the day, it's it's we're working in college sports and at a great and elite athletic department, and so that's why that's why we're here. Reveal Suits, a suit provider for LSU football, designs officially licensed custom suits and blazers representing your college, favorite team, or whatever your passion is. Visit revealsuits.com for all your luxury apparel needs. Back to the show. Talk about your background here in Baton Rouge yep. growing up. What kind of got you interested in, one, college athletics, mm -hmm. And two, was there something that just swung you in the direction of finances, revenue, those type of things as your chosen yeah. profession in athletics? It's a good question. So I grew up in Baton Rouge, obviously. I went to Catholic high school right down the road. Um, I, you know, I don't – I was always that, that was sports guy when I was growing up. I just loved – I came to tons of LSU games. My family's had season tickets in Section 210 for the last 20 years. 
um, you know, I, I thought when I was growing up, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster like Chris. And realized then that, he decided, let's go do something that uh, <laughs> brings I, in more I, revenue. I quickly realized that was probably not the path for me. And and um, actually, my one of my first jobs was a, a marketing intern for the New Orleans. Then it was the Hornets, now Pelicans, and that was kind of my first taste of of sports and working in sports. So I love sports, and then my business degree kind of came up, and those I found something that kind of coincided, and that was the sales piece. And I, you know, took a job at, at Tulane in my first spot in college athletics as a general manager there for their sponsorship group, uh, and then that led me to a role at University of Houston and Rice, being the general manager of both those schools. I had a uh, hand in the Red River Showdown. The Oklahoma versus Texas annual game in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and then from there, A&M the last four years, and I found myself at Baton Rouge. I found myself at LSU. And so I couldn't be more thrilled how my path has kind of taken me here. I've been a diehard LSU guy my whole life. Um, I see all, all sides of it. My family's here, my mom, my dad, my brother, sister, nieces, nephews. There's a lot of people I care about in this town, um, all my friends and family and just people that I love very much. and and. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird how life works out, but gone for 11 years or so and find myself back in at LSU, a place I love very much. Well, the good news is now he gets to wear purple and gold every day. There we he go. doesn't have to have a separate section in the closet for that. Um, and again, LSU's thrilled to have him here. You know, a question I get a lot, Clay, and I don't know why they ask me, I guess because they see me out. Because uh, you're you. I yeah, mean, but yeah. I, I don't have the answer, but I do think it is a – a, a concern for fans and for those who love LSU athletics and the future. And again, there's so many things moving at such a, a high speed that changes on a daily and weekly basis. But they'll ask me a lot of times, how do you balance NIL, which is such a big thing in college athletics right now, uh, will it be the same five years from now as it is today? I don't think NIL is the same today than it was Absolutely. a year ago when we yep. got yep. this thing uh, underway, but also facilities. Mm-hmm. And I get asked, wait a minute, is the priority going to be NIL or is the priority still you know, the traditional fundraising and mm-hmm. revenue that's needed for facilities? All of the above. Can you do both? <laughs> and, of course, I don't know if anybody has all the answers, mm-hmm. but I believe at LSU – At least what I hear from you and what I've heard from our administration is, yes, you can do both, and you can do both successfully. I I couldn't agree more. I think you can do both successfully. But, again, it's about how we integrate with each other in the department and how the sponsorship team works with uh, the NIL team and how those two entities work with TAF and, and, and Scott and Kelly and Verge and the entire team. And it's just all about collaboration and with great collaboration and great people rowing in the same direction, it all can be done, especially at a place like this, that we have all the resources we, we have here and with the great people and facilities, we, we can get it done on all all angles here. You know, one of the things, Kent, and you, I, you certainly, I think, would agree with me here that a lot of times universities, athletic departments, not here at LSU, but everywhere, coast to coast, there had been a tendency to be silo-oriented. This is mm-hmm. my group and this is their group and I do what I yeah. do Monday yep. through Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think LSU, and again, many others as well, have done a very good job of trying to tear down those silos. And again, it's all one team. And as the great Skip Bertman says, everybody's pulling on the same end of the rope. And, and then you get to see that every day in, in the seven days you've been here. I've, I imagine you've seen it uh, quite a bit. Absolutely. It's, it's um, you know, not all college athletic departments do row in that same direction. It's, it's, you're right, it's very siloed at, at times. 
people kind of break off and they kind of get in their own little bubble. But it's been a really good eight days here so far and seeing how this department works together. Um, it's again, it's it's uh, not like this everywhere. We've got a really good thing going and it's only going to get better as we continue to grow and, and all that good stuff. Let me and I'm going to kind of tell a story here as I do this, <laughs> but let me take you down the, the, the multimedia rights train for a moment, mm -hmm. if I could. Yep. You know, there's been so much made in the last five years of everything's on TV, you know, and I'll say this in front of him, how important is your radio network these days? Because everybody can sit at home and watch the games and that type of thing. I've seen this year, just on a personal basis, how, how important a radio network still is mm -hmm. For your athletic program, I drove in the middle of one game to a basketball scrimmage and listening to Chris and Doug and them do the second half of the Ole Miss game. Mm -hmm. And that was the way I was going to find out what was happening in the game. And, you know, it's just as enthralling listening to it with them doing the broadcast. And then when we went to the Cayman Islands, you know, if you wanted to see that on some I'm going to get in trouble here. Crappy screen, stream, you're going to have to pay 30 bucks. I guess it was in the last 4.7 seconds it worked, unfortunately, <laughs> when the officials were trying to review that play. But that's another story. But nevertheless, you know, we had hundreds, thousands of people listening to Chris and John because that was the main way they were going to find out what happened in those games. And, I mean, all of a sudden to me it kind of – you know, realized radio's still important for us and for colleges. And now I make sure that the Sports Network graphics on our graphics logo is on our graphics just like the television network. Because to me, now I'm seeing again how important radio is to a college program. It really is. And it's, it's, there's no, um, it's no coincidence that you can now listen on social media you can listen through the app you can listen through your car like there's a reason that more outlets are getting put through for for chris and team's voice to go through because people want to hear it people want to hear it we wouldn't have those avenues if people didn't want to hear it and so it's very key it's, it's key to what the multimedia rights does on their sales end because it covers the entire state of louisiana um and but and again when you have your phone you can be in Atlanta, Georgia, and be listening to the game in Baton Rouge if you're not in your car. So it's, it is vitally important. People still do listen to the radio. And, you know, I know for me personally, I've, I've kind of got a soft spot for the radio because I, I, I've always loved and enjoyed, you know, I grew up listening to Jim Hawthorne and the crew, and, and, and that's what I grew up on. A lot of people are like me out there. So it is a huge piece in what the multimeteorites team does uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And just like throwing a sign up in the stadium – it's not as easy as just flicking the light on and putting this and putting a microphone in your face. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of bodies, and so it, it's very, very important piece of what we do. I was like, I apologize for a long tangent to get to a no, good, to get to a good answer. I think I think you were I think you were talking good about LSU radio, so I was going to yes, let you go on for the yes, next forty yes. minutes if you wanted to. Uh, again, Clay Harris, nice enough to join us here uh, on the job, as he said, for about eight days. Uh, plenty of work to get to. Uh, I know firsthand because I'm in the office with you that you are hitting the ground running. 
Um, we've had so many different um, areas of athletics here on the show, which is why I kind of enjoy it. Kent and I get a chance to, to learn about things that we don't uh, have on our forefront uh, every single day. And while I work in uh, the office with uh, the media rights folks, um, it still kind of amazes me. Where do you guys go to look for ideas? Number one, I guess you got to have a creative staff that is yep. constantly yep. brainstorming. But is it the pro levels? Are you going to venues? I know that sometimes we take trips and uh, people go with us to, to Arkansas. They go with us to Gainesville. Yep. But wh- where do the ideas come from? It, that's a great question. Um, it is you know, Sometimes you go to different stadiums and arenas and venues and you see what other people are doing. Or you just use your network and you call folks at University of Texas or you call folks at Ole Miss or you call folks in Michigan and you bounce ideas off of each other. Um, that's a big piece in this. Also, you know, we don't we don't look at the pro end. I mean, yes, we take ideas from everywhere, but you know, in my mind, what we do is no different than what, what the pro level is doing to, to a certain point. So, um, it's all about collaborating, communicating with your peers at other schools. Um, calling the the U at another school is how we do a lot of this. But every time I'm at a away facility or football game, I pay close close attention to football game, men's basketball, women's basketball game. If I see something that they're doing, we're not that could be a great fit here. I, I don't mind recreating the wheel and, and taking that idea and, and putting an LSU and purple and gold spin on it. Um, I think that's a, a big way we kind of grow and learn and get better because we can't be stagnant. We can't keep doing the same things. We've got to have big ideas. And, and um, that starts with, again, it goes back to the original part of this interview is the people. And you got to have good people and everybody's got to be bust out of their silos and bubbles to, to branch out and talk to people across the country. I, I hear the term a lot. And not not sponsors, but partners mm-hmm. in in things yep. that that LSU does, and I I think that's kind of an interesting concept. Is that the sponsors, the corporate entities, or whatever, are partners with LSU and and working with us instead of just working for us. I guess would be kind of the the best way to put yep. it. Uh, Absolutely. We, that's, that's changed over the years. You know, the, the, the word sponsor used to be in every sentence in, in our business, and it is a partner because partners maintain and they last and you have to work together and they have to, the partner has to feel like they're benefiting out of a relationship. And so that's all this is. It's the partnerships and the relationships we build with these people, you know, impactful relationships, genuine relationships on a long-term basis. Um, that's what sustains, that's how you grow the business, and that's how you grow the partner's business. That's what works. And so developing those deep relationships is just so key in everything we do, and that all goes back to having a strong partnership. You know, I'm glad that Kent brought up uh, that that partner mentality and that relationship because one of the things I wanted to, to, to kind of unveil, if you will, or pull down the curtain is when – you know, I get a lot of people again come up and they say, "Do you, you know, you work at Playfly Sports?" And I say, "Yeah." And then they, I explain to them they're the multimedia rights partner to LSU Athletics. And then they, it kind of goes off in their head, and they go, "Oh, you're the guys that put up the signs, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, it's just the advertising piece." Yep. What I think a lot of fans may not realize is through those partners. And through marketing here at LSU, and through all of the different entities within the department, those help build great 
fan experiences. Absolutely. It's not just about the signs. Mm-hmm. It's about, in some cases, concessions. It's yep. about areas within a venue that LSU partners mm-hmm. with a corporate entity to provide a, a better game-like yep. experience. Yep. And sometimes I think that may be lost. And I don't know that we need to toot our horn and tell everybody, hey, we do that. Yep. But it's not just as simple as we sell the signs that you see. Absolutely. And what people don't realize is that I think most, if not all, and probably one or two that aren't doing this, but most everyone in college athletics is partnering with a third-party entity like a Playfly. And so um, what I always say is, you know, LSU shouldn't treat Playfly as a third party. Playfly shouldn't treat LSU as anything different. We're all on the same team. We're all LSU athletics. Um, That's kind of my mentality wherever I've been at. And so we treat the Playfly team here as part of LSU and integrated within LSU. And you're right, the, the fan experience is key. And we've, we've, it's, it's, it's LSU's job to create the best fan experience for LSU fans. And by doing that, the collaboration with the Play Fly group and also LSU and marketing and video and uh, social and all, all down the line is imperative to putting on the best game day experience as possible. Well, I can, I can just say that, you know, and this is many years ago in my tenure, but you know, back then it was like host communication mm-hmm. in Kentucky, you know. And when LSU first got a group that was actually working here for LSU and multimedia and those type of things, it was like an alien spaceship had landed on <laughs> campus or so in the athletic department. We're like, who are all these yep. people? What are they doing? And now it's just like, you know, they're part of the family now. I mean, it's just amazing how it's changed from 15, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years ago and how this all operates. I always say that, you know, whether you're at IMG or Learfield or Playfly or JMI, wherever the multimedia rights company is, if you're a part of the team at LSU and you're on the ground to that school, it could be Michigan, it could be Florida, it could be LSU. I always say you are an LSU athletics. I am an LSU athletics employee. Yeah. I'm a Michigan employer. I'm a Florida employee, but my paycheck may come from somewhere else. Yeah. But I'm wearing no, the purple I, and gold. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. No, I think people are shocked a lot of times. I mean, they assume I, I and always have assumed I work for LSU or any of our uh, of my colleagues. Uh, and I think that goes to your point that I think LSU's done a very good job. Yeah. Uh, Playfly's done a very good job of of integrating the two and realizing that we again same theme we've been talking about. Yeah, we're all pulling on the same end of the rope. We're all mm-hmm. looking for the same goal. We all have the same scoreboard, uh, and we're out there to win. And uh, that goes for coaches, student athletes, administrators, and even the guys that, like Clay, that put up the signs. Mm-hmm. It applies to everybody. Clay, uh, I know you're, as you said, you're excited to be back here at home working for your alma mater. Um, probably going to be a pretty nice uh, holiday for you to, to be back home, not yes. have to come home and then go away. Exactly. You get to stay right here in Baton Rouge. No doubt about it. Um, usually I'm here this time of year and anyway, but I leave shortly after Christmas, <laughs> and now I'm here to stay. So it's kind of weird not having to go back and forth from Texas. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. And, again, like this is a dream come true kind of coming home, and, and I care about a lot of people here uh, in, in town, and they know who they are, and uh, that's – that's kind of what this is all about. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make LSU athletics a better place and, and move this thing forward. And I can't wait to continue to work with you guys and the rest of the administration and staff. So it's going to be a fun ride. All right. Well, Clay Harris has been our guest this week. Clay, it's great to see you. And uh, I'll see you over in our, 
our real offices yeah. here in the <laughs> yeah. next couple of minutes. Just a reminder that it is the holiday break. So, uh, you know, Kent insisted it's part of his contract. He gets how many weeks? Three weeks off? At least. Yeah, uh, at it least should three be, weeks uh, off. Good news is Harrison also gets that time off. Uh, oh, I thought he was working during all that. Well, I don't know. I'm Isn't just he saying. like painting the studio or something? That uh, would be nice. Maybe, maybe freshen up the yeah, new uh, you know. LSU Gold Studios. But we'll be back in several weeks. And again, we'll get back when everything. You know, when that calendar flips, Ken, as you know, then it becomes Fast and Furious. Women's Basketball Conference, Men's Basketball Conference, gymnastics is coming up. Before we know it, softball and baseball. So we'll get back into a groove uh, just after the start of the new year. So we wish you all a great holiday. Uh, certainly a very great 2023. And for Kent Lowe and Clay Harris, I'm Chris Blair. And until next year, we'll be back on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocates. Until then, so long, everybody. And go Tigers! Ha, 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 ha.